friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. 
Amen. Welcome, ladies. I hear, yeah. I hear excitement. I like this kind of crowd. Amen. Well, I don't have to ask if you're excited because um, I'm going to get another roar. Welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship. I'm Pastor Fiona. I'm the wife of Pastor Doug. Come on, my love, so everybody can see you. <laughs> Come greet the ladies. <laughs> this is my husband. He is the main pastor. I'm his sidekick, so... He gave me the title also so I can hang out with him. I'll tell you what, ladies, we're going to have an awesome time tonight. God is good, and he's ready to move. And uh, I'm glad that you're here. All of you came from all different places, and we're just going to have a good time in the presence of the Lord tonight. Amen. All right. So I'd like to welcome you. This is Friday night at 6 p.m. And what would normally happen every other month of the year is our women's group, Woven, which stands for Women of Victory Enjoying New Life. We would meet here. That's what we do on a Friday night, 6 p.m. And we go live stream. So if you're from all over the country, you can tune in Friday nights and uh, listen to what God has to say. Amen. How many of you have been checking out our Facebook live stream on Facebook? I know some people have been sneaking in there. I could see you. (laughs) Thanks for confessing, though. There we go. Uh, (laughs) But we do have our Facebook page for Victory Christian Fellowship, Palmyra, Pennsylvania. And the reason I'm telling you that is because these meetings are being live streamed. So your friends that didn't make it here... Do you see now why we told you we were full? Who called at the last minute and we're trying to persuade Miss Lisa that they could just bring a chair? It's okay. <laughs> Our problem wasn't having a chair. <laughs> Our problem was where do we put the chair? So, um, I, because this is a unique setting, it's our women's conference. So we want to pamper you a little bit, right? And so this is why it's set up this way. So your job, you have a job this weekend. Are you ready to hear your job? Okay. Your job is to behave like you're free. Do you handle that? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so what that means is that if the enemy wants to give you a thought of something's wrong with you, You're free to tell him, shut up. All right? And if he wants to tell you that you're not good enough, you're free to tell him some other words. You choose. But I'm just telling you, you know. All right. (laughs) So a couple of housekeeping things. As you can see, we're pretty full. We had to assign seats. We just had to. Or else what do you think would have happened when you walked in here, right? Chaos, right? (laughs) So just in case we assigned you to a table without your friend, your first act of freedom would be forgiveness. <laughs> right? And then you're going to drop the little anger you might be carrying around. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if anybody had that happen yet. And then you're going to say, thank you, God, I'm in the room. 
<laughs> Amen. So I just want to point out these few things because the enemy doesn't want you to enjoy anything. So he wants to find some little crack where he can sneak in there and tell you why you can't have a good time. But in my house, <laughs> we have a good time. <laughs> Amen. And this is my daddy's house and he's even more free than I am. You know, Father God, we just stored over it. So I'm just saying, ladies, we don't accept none of this garbage from the enemy. So get out of your head. <laughs> All the hurt feelings and the what if and they should have. <laughs> Kick it away. <laughs> but Because you, you're here to have a good time. In the presence of God. Amen? Now, I know almost everybody in this room has spoken to somebody named Lisa. <laughs> Where's Miss Lisa? There she is. There's Miss Lisa. <laughs> so, if you're thinking we did something wrong and you're trying to be mad at us, just watch and look at that face. She's been working pretty hard. <laughs> She's been working pretty hard to get all of this accomplished because I'll tell you a little secret. We didn't expect this. We're glad you're here, <laughs> but we didn't realize how many of you folks wanted to come here, Apostle Robin and his team, from this area. That tells me a lot, because we're ready for revival in the East Coast. Amen? Amen. Yeah. So we all know what we all think about certain things without getting all... You know, we can do the cold talk and all that good stuff. Um, but we're some of the few that still believe a, a big thing is still possible. <laughs> Amen. And so we want to make sure that, yeah, we want to make sure, you know what I'm saying? So here's why I'm saying all this stuff. We can't get, you know, I'm not preaching. I'm, just, you know, but I do preach. So I just got to get ourselves prepared here, right? <laughs> if we want to be used by God, we have to be vessels that can be used by God. Amen? Now, the enemy wants to get you tied up and tell you about your past and what you did and why you can't be used, but that's not the issue. Ask for forgiveness and move on. The issue is how we live every day. Amen? Walking in love is the number one thing we should be working on. So what that does for us, quick to forgive, quick to move on. Amen? We just forgive and move on. It gives the devil a hard time. All them demons assigned to cause chaos in your family line, in your family, they got to come up with a new strategy every time because you keep forgiving and you keep loving, you keep giving. That's the nature of our Father. Amen? The more of our Father we show in our house... The more of his results, we'll find out that we'll get. Amen? All right. So I want to read you a scripture because that is the theme for this weekend. As you can see, up on the wall, overflow in God. Amen? Do you see all the joy colors up there? Yeah, I like that. So guess who did that? This was one person's idea. Miss. Melissa, wave to everybody back there. (laughs) 
Miss Melissa just happens to be the daughter of Miss Lisa. <laughs> so we just had the idea and she went with it. We, you know, hula hoops, colors everywhere. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So I want to let you know in the area, we call this area the Cove. There's a wall that has woven, hashtag woven 2021 on it and some circles. We want to encourage you to take some selfies in there whenever we have a break. And uh, post it on social media with the hashtag woven2021 so we can find each other, right? And say, say whatever you would like to say that's positive. And <laughs> all the negative comments, just bring it to Miss Lisa. Remember how hard she worked to get you here. <laughs> Amen. Are we good? All right. So in your bags, everybody has a bag. I realize how many photographs of me are in the bag, which was not the plan. I looked at the bag. I came in yesterday and went, well, that really, I'm not sure if that was what we were going for. <laughs> but it's got information on there. How many of you enjoy that first video with the little kids telling you what they want to be when they grow up? Right? That is, those are kids from an orphanage that um, my, my mom and dad started in Guyana, South America, which is where I'm originally from. And they have since passed away, so I get a big inheritance called an orphanage. Amen? So uh, I have three other siblings, and we all work together. They put me... They put my name out there, so I'm the one, you know, <laughs> that has responsibility. And uh, we have 29 children in Guyana. And we have two girls over here at Rama. Are you guys familiar with Rama? Yeah. We've got two girls that are graduating in May, their two-year graduation, their second year at Rama. Amen. So I just want to make you aware that's one of the things I do. And writing books is another thing I do. And then uh, co-pastoring with my husband is another thing I do here at the church. So you'll probably see a lot of stuff, and I just want you to be cleared up on what exactly it is I do. Now, I'd like to introduce you to my kids. Here's why. Women like to know these details, don't they? You'd be like, I wonder if this is, and I wonder who's that. Well, we want to take away all the wonderment out of your life. <laughs> so you can be free this weekend. So I'd like you to meet Josiah. You want to say hi to everybody? <laughs> Josiah's nine. And then I'd like you to meet Gabriel back there in the camera. <laughs> Gabriel just turned 18. Yep, he's going off to Raymond a couple months. So, yeah. But uh, so now you know the whole family. And then, of course, we're not here to see me and my family. We all know that. But <laughs> I wanted to get all that out of the way. So what I'd like to let you know also is tomorrow, because we're just going to let the, the prophetic flow. So I want to give you all the housekeeping stuff so you know we get that out of the way and then we can just do our thing. Uh, tomorrow we start 10 a.m. And we're planning to have a lunch at noon, which we have a bagged lunch for you. So if you don't want a bagged lunch or you have a special dietary need, I would suggest you bring something along. Because we're going to try to get lunch finished up so we can continue. Right? You're, you didn't travel all the way here. Just get like a little, you know, you want, we want to give time to the prophet. Amen. 
And so for that reason, we'll have a, a lunch break of, of about an hour, and then we'll start back up and we'll end the day at 3. All right? So just so you're aware for your schedules. And uh, then you can sightsee in Hershey, if you're from out of state. We have our Sunday morning service at 10 a.m. Everyone is invited. And um, just so you know that this is our building, and we have people that will be coming that couldn't come to the conference. <laughs> so, you know, if you need to sit on the floor, I'm sure you're okay with that, right? <laughs> We're going to have all our teenagers potentially sitting on the floor. We're good with that. They're good with that. Amen? On a Wednesday night, they kinda, we kind of fall on the floor around here and laugh. So, it's all right. Amen? So, our scripture for today is Psalm 23. And I'm going to take you all the way to verse 5. In the Passion Translation. Isn't that awesome? And here's what it says. I don't think we have the Passion on the screen. But we do have the New King James. That's close enough. Um, (laughs) The Passion says, You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight... You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my cup overflows. Amen? Ladies, here's what I want you to realize this weekend. We're talking about your cup. Don't think about how this would work for your husband's cup and your kid's cup. And I wish my mama would hear to her cup. And my kids, they really need this for their cup. We want your cup, your cup to overflow. Amen? And don't be saying, I don't think I can handle any more of this. Yes, you can. You can handle stuff. Just tell your body, process, wake up, do what you got to do. You got to take the stuff in. Amen? I'm prepping you because this is the only time I'm probably going to be speaking to you. So, you know, just warming you up here. Uh, so here, I want to tell you who's here from uh, Prophet. So I, was, I asked the team, what should I call them, their titles? And so they are not picky, but I, I am because I want to pull certain things out of you guys. So uh, I would say Apostle Prophet Robin is here. So we're going to pull from the Apostle, the Prophet. Amen. And then we have Pastor Robin that's here, which is Apostle's wife. Amen. And then we have Krista who is here. I don't know what I would call Krista. (laughs) She's going to be kicking it on the drums tonight. Amen. Her name's Krista Bullock, right? So you know, it's in the blood. And then we have Ronnie and Linda Contrell. Did I pronounce your name correctly? This is Miss Linda right over here, and the reason you don't see her is because she captures everything that the Lord speaks. So she is a very important, hidden away treasure because she can't be distracted. She's got to capture it. Amen? And her husband will be on the vocals, helping out. You want to wave back there singing? (laughs) Uh, Mr. Ronnie, he's going to be on the vocals. And then we have Mr. Tommy. Tommy Morse. Is it Morse? Morse? Okay, you see that big bus out there he drives it <laughs> hey man are you guys still all right are you good i'm just i'm just a warm-up act i'm just kind of like getting you you know prepped 
And uh, so we, how many of you have been watching uh, Apostle Prophet Robin? Is this how you found out about him, right? Yeah, yeah. How many of you have never heard him speak? Oh, oh, this is going to be, you don't even know what you just got into. This is amazing. This is going to be so amazing. So let me tell you what happened to me about two, three years ago. I don't know, maybe four. I wrote the book, She is Strong. And I wrote that book and it's all about women and about how God made us equal but we're only equal in his kingdom. We're not equal in the world system. So all this trying to be equal in the world system, it's never going to happen. Because the kingdom of darkness operates by a caste system. God's kingdom is the only one, Galatians 3.28, that says we're all equal. So anyway, I wrote that book. And, I, and so when we had the conference that went with that book, uh, Terry Tripp was our speaker. And he was explaining to me about his friend... Robin Bullock, that has a profound revelation about the numbers that go with what I'm saying. And I went, really? So I just started my doctorate program, and I had already written a book, and so I couldn't put it in the book. So <laughs> I had just started my doctorate program, so it would have been 2019. And uh, I, I wanted to write a paper on women in the workplace and introduce the biblical concept that I don't care how much you fight for equality, in the, in the devil's territory, he'll never see a woman as equal. But if you are a Christian woman, you can operate equal everywhere you go. You just have to know that. So I wanted to quote Robin Bullock's number system. and It's profound. You have to find it. And uh, so I had to call him. I couldn't find his book. It hadn't been published yet. But it's, it's in the book. <laughs> God is absolutely good. Right? And so I called his office to see, I found a PDF file of it online. And I found a quote. <laughs> so I called his office to see if I could quote him. And he happened to answer the phone. How awesome is that? <laughs> so he said, well, if you can find it, yeah. <laughs> Just like he talks, yeah. And I said, why, thank you so much. So that was the la And then a couple months ago, he starts saying a bunch of crazy stuff, you know, that everybody else is backtracked on. Yeah, I like that kind of, I like those kinds of people. So I, st I started seeing him on YouTube showing up on the sites where the people copy him. <laughs> That's how I found him. <laughs> so actually it's working in his favor. Yeah. So I started seeing this guy with this, you know, outfit and long hair, you know, my time, you know. And I, it clicked. I realized who he was. I had spoken to him, but I'd never seen him. And God was able to get me to listen to him because there was credibility there because of who I knew that knew him. Amen? You see how God can get you to the place you need to be? To meet the people you need to meet? Amen? So tonight and this weekend, you might be here for, to hear Apostle Ron. I am. But there might be other people that God wants you to meet. Amen? Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss the opportunity. You've left your place. You're here. Amen? Even those of you from right here. I mean, do we have anybody from Palmyra here? We do. I know we do. <laughs> I know we do. <laughs> but I don't want you to miss it. Amen? You have to take it. Nobody can take this away from you. You're the only one that can give it up. Right? And we don't have people that give up. So here's who's going to be speaking to us tonight. 
author, teacher, who operates in the heavenly, in the prophetic realm. Some of the most profound prophecies that ever been spoken. You remember the ship? <laughs> I just thought that was awesome. And, uh, I mean, not the ship, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> he has worked on over a thousand teaching materials. That's profound for not being a pastor of a church where you have to preach every week. <laughs> um, and his latest book, God is Absolutely Good. And then he has a new one out, The Pool and the Portal. Has anybody read that yet? Halfway through. Yeah. I've heard good things about it. Um, God has used him in a unique anointing. We know all this stuff, don't we? Did you guys research him? I know you researched him. Yeah. So you do know we have Robin and Robin in the house, right? <laughs> also known as Twice Robin, Twice Robin, several number one songs. They were awarded CCMA Duo of the Year. DJ's pick for duo of the year, Sun Country's group of the decade. I mean, isn't that cool? At ACGMA, I'm saying it out. I don't know if it's got a sound, but I'm just saying it out. ACGMA, vocal duo of the year. Amen? But here's what's profound. This weekend, they're celebrating 42 years of marriage. Amen? So, ladies, are you ready to pray? We're going to pray. We're going to get ourselves together here. You know what I'm saying? Get our hearts in the right situation. I think we got the air up pretty high, but let us know if we need to crank it up a little more. But no, wait till you start worshiping. It don't need to go down. I'm like burning up up here. Woo! <laughs> so here's what I want to tell you. Okay, we have some cameras back there. If for any reason you're blocking the cameras, the guys might come whisper to you if you can move over or something. You know what I'm saying? Because we want other people to be able to capture this after the fact. You're going to want to go home and watch it too. So we don't want you watching somebody's head bobbing, you know. <laughs> so, so just in case anybody has to ask you to kind of like slip over, just kind of, you know, go, yeah, 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 you're right. All right? The other thing is you're free to worship, but just think about your neighbor. You know, make sure you're not bumping anybody and whatever. But when the teaching is happening, if we could all sit, we go with that? Because we all want to hear what's going on and we want to write, take notes. Amen? So let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We give you praise and honor and glory in this house. We thank you, Father, that you are always absolutely good. We do not disagree in any way. We don't think there's any time that you're not. Because you really are absolutely good. And I just speak into this atmosphere right now that any spirit that does not belong to the spirit of God has no permission to speak here or to be heard. In the name of Jesus, we submit only to the frequencies of heaven. We submit only to the voice of Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord, that you are here in our midst tonight and this weekend. And we thank you, Father, that you've chosen every person in this place for your purposes. And we agree 100% with your plans and your purposes. 
And Father, I thank you that you will show us something we've never seen. Let us hear something we have never heard from you in this place, each of us, at the level that you have us, Father. Lord, we give you praise. Come on, let's praise him in this house. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. We lift up the name of Jesus. It is above every other name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is the greatest name there is. There is no other name greater in heaven or on earth. We give you glory and honor and praise, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Let us just worship the Lord. Let us just begin to start worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory. We thank you, Lord. We worship you. Hallelujah.
the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every warrior in this house, lift up your voice and give it the biggest shout you can.
to blow once again. For change came into this earth, says the Lord. And it came into this earth never to go back to a normal thing again. For now things are moving in another direction. But know this, says the Lord. Things are moving in a rapid direction now, at a rapid pace. For I am going to make things happen quicker than they've ever happened before. For I will make your sons and daughters, and I will draw them into the kingdom of God. For some of you, and some in particular, and one in this room has a son, 42, 44, 2, and he is coming into the kingdom. For he is going to come, and the Lord is going to see to this thing. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! There is a wind that is beginning to blow. There is a wind that is beginning to blow again.
I am going to do this, says the Lord. And I'm going to open you a brand new door. For in this door, you will see a light on the other side. And the Lord said, this is where I'm going to call you, that I may robe my bride. For I'm going to robe you in garments that you've never seen. In the spirit, yes. But I am going to show you things you've never seen in the natural. So that you may be blessed. For I promise you over times and times and times again. That the day would come when you would walk in the prosperity that I promised you. And the Lord says, this time is now about to start and already has begun. So lend your ear to the sound of it. Lend your ear to the sound of it. For I hear the sound of an abundance. sound before the event arrives. And God has got to, to change the way you hear. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. So God's got to change the way you hear things. You have to begin to hear things on the victory side. You've got to start hearing things on that side. sound beginning to rumble through the earth. Shake off chains that bind you to the ground. 
Called out of bondage, being called out 
the political climate in this country. The Lord says, I'm going to change this. Because men will not, I will. Because men will not dare to step into change. Because they're afraid to put their foot in the Red Sea. The Lord said, I will come with fire. And I am going to call my people into the midst of it. For you're about to see my people get involved in political things that you've never seen before. For the world will try to shame them and say, you shouldn't be involved in political things. And my people will ignore every word. For they'll step on in. They'll step on in. Yes, yes. For I heard the Lord say these things concerning you. He says, I am now going to raise up a people that will take their children and put them in baskets and pitch it within and without to survive and for I can bring them to greatness. For I speak of a spiritual thing, says the Lord, that I will place them in your heart to make them arcs. And you will put your children and your grandchildren in these arcs. And you will trust me to guide them through the Nile. And you will trust me to guide them, for I will lead them to a place of greatness that they can absolutely thrive in the cause I've given them. For I have sent some of them to be discovered by secular people who are great. You will say, surely no. But the Lord said, I'm setting it so to let my people go. For they will be trained in skills of music. Skills of politics. In the science realm. And for they will be able to be, you say, I could never send them to these universities. The Lord said, put them in the basket. I will take them there. I will put them there and give them an education you never thought they could have. And then I'm going to raise up this people. They will absolutely deliver a generation to come. Put the Word in them. Put the Word of God in them when you place them within the reed. Of the, in the baskets. Be sure you pitch it inside. Pitch it outside. For this will be a season. And it will seal. And they will never go the way of the world even though they've learned it. Hallelujah! Can't you hear it? Can you hear the sound? It's in the Spirit. Let them go. Let them go. Let them go how? You will not tie them down, the Lord says. You will not hide their identities with strings behind their ears. You will not tie them down with fear. 
the Lord says to the world. For I have a people that will pitch a basket and give me their children. And I will use your children, the Lord says, to deliver a generation of people. Hallelujah! Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Tomorrow, the place of no sin. Tomorrow, 
Because that's not its name. I'm alone in here. There's just nobody hearing this at all. So you learn to speak the answer. Call the answer by name. And the problem will not respond. Because it don't know that name.
where you won't talk about. You are prosperous. Somebody said, well, you could have fooled me. Well, that's just the point. The enemy has fooled you. But if you say poverty every time poverty looks, if you say words that pertain to poverty every time it looks, but when you start talking about abundance, and you start talking about more than enough, and you start talking about prosperity, poverty just keeps looking the other way. They don't hold that name. Hallelujah. Come on, say it with me. We're going to slide into the future.
Just worship. Oh, me. Some like you. 
you came tonight. Are you glad you're here? The prophetic night of worship, prophetic night in the Word, and I believe a prophetic night in your life. Prophetic things always speaks of tomorrow. It always is nourished in the air of tomorrow. Destiny awakens on the inside of you. See, people confuse sometimes the gifts of prophecy with, like in the nine gifts, with the office of a prophet. They're two different things altogether, even though both may involve prophesying. But see, when you were conceived and life began, when that conception happened, there's a spark of electricity that flashes. It's a spark of light that flashes. That's God visiting your baby shower. And God comes with gifts. Now, those gifts can lie dormant in you for a long, long time. 
And when you're a little child, those gifts will flash out because your heart is so innocent before the Lord. But Paul said, I was alive to God once without the law. And he said, sin revived and I died. And so as you grow older, if you don't make Jesus the Lord of your life, you forget all about those gifts that were in you. They're still there because they came with the little spark. But when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, and every once in a while, even before you did, you would get in a right place. Not saved, but a right place. And one of them would just spark a little bit. And you might call that sometimes. You'd say, well, I had a hunch. Or something like that. But when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, then you're this light... The light of God, that little spark starts to fill your whole being. That light floods your body, floods your spirit, I should say, which is inside your body. And then when that, when that happens, these gifts start trying to surface. And you say, well, I, I, I don't know my purpose. But then when prophetic utterance is made over your life, it will wake up that destiny on the inside of you. And those things that have been dormant all those years suddenly come alive on the inside of you. And you can know everything you were born to do. And so that's why we have prophetic nights like this. This is why you want always to include prophetic things. Hallelujah. A prophetic word, especially from someone who stands in the office of a prophet, can wake up a whole and turn the course of, of a whole nation. Not long ago, Robin and I had the very distinct honor, privilege, of being invited to come to Mar-a-Lago. And we were there, and I was asked to open a whole uh, program where they're, in, they're, they're putting the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, into the hands of every eighth grade. And how many of you my age remember we used to learn American history in the 80s? And so these things, but while I was standing there, Robin was invited to sing the national anthem and um, God bless America. But when I got through praying, I was standing there, my feet was on the ground there. And I knew you, the President of the United States, was there. And, of course, I, I knew that anyway, but he was actually there. And you could, you could sense it in the spirit, this quake, this power that rose up. 
And a man who got up to speak and a congressman looked at me and said, that was a good prayer. And a man who was like, who was dressed like Abraham Lincoln, who was a theatrical person who would come he stood up and he said, you know, I was going one way in my script until your prayer. And he said, then when your prayer came, he said, I went completely somewhere else. And the whole day went somewhere else. And I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, what we've done is we have, see, prophets and prophetess. They, they've always been here. You know, Philip's daughters prophesied, but Agabus was a prophet. But when tyranny starts to take over a nation, and God's people are being forced into a place, and our heritage, the Lord's heritage, children, the unborn, is to be slaughtered out of hand. Prophets suddenly find themselves on the scene again. People say, well, why is, the, why is the prophet involved in political things? Well, you need to ask Elijah. Because Elijah confronted Ahab. Moses confronted Pharaoh. And any time there is a Isaiah dealt with Hezekiah, different ones. Anytime this thing comes on the scene, prophets are called to be open. And we keep saying what God says. Hosea was think of that. Because as God promised Moses something, he said, As I live, my glory will fill this earth. And everything you see on the scene is not just about... The only reason politics are involved is because the political realm is where the powers that be in the spirit come to do battle because that realm rules over the affairs of men. And so, in that realm... A battle has taken place. For what? To keep the glory of God from coming into this earth. But day, it will come. And a revival such as you've never seen is going to happen in this earth. Hallelujah. My Hallelujah. Come on and give the Lord a shout of praise.
Hallelujah. You can, uh, yeah. you, got, you got it, brother. Are you good? You just let me know what to do. All right? Now, I, uh, this morning, and, and by the way, I, wanna, I want to say to you what an honor it is to get to be here to speak at your ladies' conference. Your, this is a warrior's conference as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> now, uh, you know, one thing, <laughs> you know, one thing mamas know how to do, that's fight. They're young. Hallelujah. <laughs> They'll fight. Now, the Lord spoke this to me this morning. He says, He said, simple things are simple things. They are made complicated. They are made complicated by complications. Now, I know you think, well, that's a simple thing. Well, really not. Listen to the way he said it. He said, simple things are simple things. They are made complicated by complications. Now, things were simple in the beginning. It was a simple thing when Adam looked at God and knew who he was. That was a simple thing. It was a simple thing for God and Adam to walk together in the cool of the day. It was a simple thing to God in Genesis 5 when He named Adam and his wife both Adam. A lot of people don't know that. He kept it simple. He named them both Adam. Kind of like Robin and Robin. <laughs> you know, he named them both Adam. Now, I want you to hear this. What is simple? Simple means easy to understand, to deal with. Uh, it's it's used. Uh, well, let me see what. Let's see what we can do right here. It's free from guile, and it's innocent. That's simple. That's what simple means. Now, yeah. Go over to Genesis chapter 1. And I want us to look at something in verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. And over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. That's Genesis 1, verse 26. Look at verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Verse 28. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply. And replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Now, watch this. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1, in the first few verses, well, let's just go to verse 11. Then we'll go over to 2, okay? 
Verse 11, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed. This is Genesis 1.11. And the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed after his kind. And the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the what? Third day. Now, if you go to Genesis 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the, of, of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The Hebrew says lives. And man became a living soul. His mind, his will, and his emotions. Now, watch this close. Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 have to be reconciled in the first two chapters. Because it's a story of the same event. How many of you got that? It's a story of the same event. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, okay, here it is. In Genesis chapter 1, when it's talking about God created man, man, he said he created man. Man is the word that's referring to the spirit. Humus is the word that refers to the dirt. And that's what you and I are, are humus men, are humans, spirits inside dirt. That's what we are. So he created the spirit inside himself, but he made the body. Now, you've got to understand how did he do this? And we're about to go somewhere really big. Look at your neighbor and say, just go on with it. Now, we're going, we're going somewhere really big here. Now, so he's, when God did this, I want you to notice in Genesis 1 and verse 11, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. So in, here in Genesis 1, verse 11 through 13, he's talking about dealing with that that has seed within itself. Now, Genesis 2, 7, he's talking about forming the body. This is, uh, this is reconciled. This is really together it happened. But it's so big you can't see it like that. So Moses had to write it so we could understand it. But let me see if I can tell you what's happening here. You know in the scripture here where it says, And God there, He called a mist to come up out of the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And then He formed man's body from the dust. What He's talking about here is this. When the scripture says there was a, 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 a river that came out of Eden to water the garden, it really is talking about in Hebrew that it came from the throne of God underground, and when it hit Eden, it split into four headwaters and went to the four corners of the earth. But there was nothing above ground. So, and the Hebrew says that river was full of light. It was a sparkling, lighted river. It was full of the knowledge of God. And so he caused that mist to come up out of the ground. Now I want you to watch this. So in Genesis 1... Verse 11, watch it reconcile here. So he, saw, he caused the mist up out of the ground. And the mist covered the whole face of the ground. You couldn't have seen through it. No one could see through it. 
Now you think I'm just talking in a circle in a minute, but watch, this circle's going to meet real abruptly in just a second. When he talks about a formed man's body of the dust, he's not just talking about he's, he just made his body out of a bunch of wet earth. What it's talking about is, is when you really start defining it out, it means he made a cast of himself. Now, I started looking at what does a cast mean? What, how do you make a cast of something? How would you do that? Well, I looked at a mold as one word, but cast is what I want you to focus on a minute. So when, when God did this, now this revelation, you've got to see into the Word to see it. So when He did this, I started looking at how you make a cast. A real cast of something. I, I saw a man take a five-gallon bucket. And brother, he took this bucket and he poured it full of plaster. And then he smoothed it out and a couple took their hands like this. And they pushed it down in that bucket. And they held it there until it kind of got rubbery. And then they took their hands out. And all you could see on the top was a little circle where their, their hands had went in. So then he mixed up another substance and poured it in that hole and smoothed it over. Then he took that bucket when it dried and he turned it over and he pulled the bucket off. Now you just have an image of a bucket. But then he took the bucket and turned it back upside down. And there was that little pink hole that he had filled. And then the maker started taking his hands and going to the edge of that pink and pulling the debris away from it. And as it went down, it started revealing the wrist. And it got on down and it got to where it was all the way to perfectly cast hands. Just like that. It looked just like the image of the other hands. What he's talking about here is when he caused that mist to come up out of the earth. No angel could see it. Nobody could see. If you'd have been standing there, you wouldn't have saw it. God covered the whole face of the ground. Not just the place he's going to make Adam's body, but the whole earth. And when this mist rose, God stepped down into that mist. And when he stepped down into it, the ground was wet and pliable. And God laid down in the earth and laid down up under the ground and sunk his image deep down in the ground. When he came back up, there was just a little place where he was. And he filled that with his faith. Now when he did this, then it's just covered over. And all the seed started coming up because it was on that day everything that had seed in itself, was put in the ground. So everything that had seed within itself was placed in the ground on that day. And then it says, in the evening and the morning were the third day. Then it goes on over here and says that God created man on the sixth day. What's he talking about? He made the man's body. And for three days and nights, that cast lay in the ground. And on day six, 
On day six, God stepped there in that spot. And angels were saying, what is a man? What is a man? What is this man? We've never seen anything like that. And God stepped over that part of the ground. And the maker started removing the dirt from around that spot. And when he got to the very bottom of that hole, there lay the man. He was laying there. And it looked like he was in an open grave. It looked like he was in an open grave. Then the Hebrew says that God shadowed him. What that means is, is he laid down on top of that cast. And he put his fingertips to his fingertips. He put his hands on his hands and his eyes on his eyes. His mouth on his mouth. And God inhaled and caught up man. The Spirit. And when he caught him up in his breath, then he breathed into the nostrils of the cast. He breathed what he created into what he made. And right in front of him, the man became a living soul. And he raised him up out of that grave and stood him up in front of him. And what anybody, nothing knew and nothing could comprehend the prophecy that God had made on that spot. For what he said was, he not only prophesied your resurrection, but he also prophesied that the day will come when God himself will become a man, be buried for three days and nights, and be raised up out of the dirt. Hallelujah! That, that is what you're dealing with. This is what God called simple. Simple. And it remained simple until complications made it complicated. Now, I've got to tell you this, and I don't know what this is going to do to the cameras in just a minute. But I've got to tell you this. Now we deal with this. How simple is it? He named them both. Oh, well, I guess I better tell you. better tell you this because, you know, we're here. We, we'll go on. Now watch this. So we get down here now. Yes. Okay, you with me? You still with me? Okay, okay. We come on down here in Genesis 2. Let's just jump ahead now. And we get down here to verse 20. And it says, And Adam, Adam is the Hebrew word. We'll get to that. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found an help meet for him. Now, okay. Now, his name is what? Yeah, in Alabama, we say Adam. But that's, that's what we call him, Adam. But I don't know what you call him here, but we call him Adam. But his name in Hebrew is Adam. Now, Adam is not a name as so much as it is what he is. See, God, God is a covenant God. Now, people in the West don't understand covenant much. Because they have to make you sign, uh, maybe not you, but they, they have to make people sign a stack of papers that thick to pay for a washing machine. And then threaten to repossess it if you don't. That's not covenant. Covenant is... 
that your word, whatever you covenant, but in the old, the covenant means to cut. And they would cut themselves. I will tell you this. I'll go ahead and tell you this. Did you know, have you ever wondered why you raise your hands and praise God like this, praise Jesus like this? Have you ever wondered why you do that? Nobody has to tell you to do that. You'll just do it. Some churches, I'll, I'll give you, won't let you do it. But you do it anyway. Even in, the, even in the most strict churches, you'll see some of the old saints do this. They've got to do something. Do you know why that is? It's because of this. If you and I, brother, was to cut a covenant in the old days, let's just say we did it in our palms. Then we would cut the covenant. Now, you don't do this now. Okay, the blood's already been shed for your covenant. But, but they would cut their palms. And they would, in some of the old, the old covenants, they would take a glass of wine. And, and the one would cut his palm and squeeze blood into that wine. The other would squeeze his blood into the wine. They would mix it up. One would drink half, the other would drink half. Then they'd put those hands together. Then they would make those marks scar. So that you'd have a scar. Now we would swear allegiance to each other. And oaths to each other. I could show you this in the scripture until you just want to run around the room. Once you understand tribal, I'm a very tribal person. And once you understand tribal covenants, you'll understand that book. Because it's made up of two covenants. The old covenant and the new covenant. The old cut... And the new cut. And the old cut is the new cut concealed. And the new cut is the old cut revealed. Because just like you cut covenant, those two covenants cut together. You cannot. People say, well, you know, the Old, the old Testament, they call it Testament because they don't understand covenant. The Old Testament is... Is, uh, you know, it's, it's done away with. But the New Testament quotes it over 600 times. See, what you have to remember is every single word in this book. Every word here. All, is like little courtrooms all over this land. But the red words are the Supreme Court. And you understand... All the others by His words. Because He's the master of the covenant. And if we have time, maybe I can tell you that. Maybe not tonight, maybe tomorrow. But we don't want to preach until somebody falls out of a window. <laughs> now, now, so I was telling you wasn't how, why you lift your hands, right? Okay. All right, here, here it is. And so if we had cut the covenant and we scarred and we swore oaths to each other, we would stand there with our families behind us. And we'd swear our strengths to each other so that neither one of us had a weakness anymore. Wherever he, and you'd always cut the covenant where you were weak and someone was strong and where they were, uh, you were strong and they were weak so you could make up for each other. And so if we had done this together, then, then I would tell him, 
Whatever I have forever is yours if you need it. Then he would swear it back to me. And he's obligated to give it back to me if I ever need it. So we'd be standing there. And let's just say we did this and we would, you know, then we'd make this announcement. Blood is thicker than milk. We say now blood's thicker than water. But it was really blood is thicker than milk. And it means that this covenant between me and my covenant brother is more binding than, than my natural brother that him and I drank from the same mother's milk. And if it comes down to my natural brother dying or the covenant brother dying, the natural brother has to die. Because the covenant cannot be broken. This is, you know, well, I, I won't get into all that. But, that. but that's, and then let's just say we walked away. He went his way in life and I went mine. Twenty years had passed. And we come into a room this size with this many people in it. And he's way back over there somewhere and I do this. And I'm not sure if it's him, so I do this to show him my scar. And if it's him, he'll immediately go. So when you're sitting in a service and suddenly you're compelled to raise your hands, Jesus has stepped over the edge and looked at you and done like this. And he shows you. And the scripture says, he said, the Bible says that the Lord said, I have graven you. Upon the palms of my hands. And so he shows you his covenant marks. And when he does, you immediately do just what that sister's doing. And you don't even know he's doing that. But it compels you to do it. And what he's saying to you is, I still remember every word I promised. Whatever's mine is yours. And I will give it to you. Now, now, when God shadowed Adam in that hole, and He raised him up, He breathed into his nostrils, He cut a covenant with him. That's why He put His hands on His hands. He made this covenant with him. You see Elijah doing that to that little boy that was dead. Remember? He, 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 laid his, he laid upon him three times. Remember this? He stretched himself, put his, put his eyes on his eyes and his mouth on his mouth. But Elisha included the hands. What is that for? Now, what is happening now? Why are there so many prophets walking around now? Why, they've always been walking around. But why are you seeing them now? Because we're dealing with a dead generation. There's a generation of people that have died. There's a generation of people that know nothing about the living. They know nothing about life. They know nothing about Zoe. They know nothing about the God kind of life. And the prophets are now stretching themselves on a generation. They're stretching themselves out on a whole generation of people. And they're breathing on them. They're putting their eyes on their eyes and their mouth on their mouth and their hands on their hands. Why? Be so that a generation can see what they see, say what they say, and reach what they reach. It's a time that a, this is why all the prophets are out now stretching themselves. And prophets, if you're listening, you must not stop stretching. If Elijah had have got up after once, the boy would have still been dead. Twice, 
But it was three times representative of the resurrection. Now, so when he stretched himself on Adam's cast, on that body, that looked just like God, because it was his cast. When he raised him up out of that grave, all these prophecies came to pass. And the earth, when God, can you imagine when the Almighty touched the wet ground? It sent a shock through the earth. And it told the dirt all over creation, remember this day. For this day will come when Jesus will rise. And the Bible calls him the Lamb slain. The found from the foundation. That's what it's talking about. So when he stretched himself on him, he made a cut with him. See, man has, you are a spirit, you have a soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. But you live in a body. You're in the image of God. But you do have something else in you called blood. If you've got blood, then God has to have some kind of blood too. Or you wouldn't have any. What blood type was Adam? G. He had to be blood type G. Didn't he? I mean, where else would he have got it? (laughs) So he... He stretched himself and he made a cut. Well, what is God's blood? It's light. It's light. The scripture says in him is light and no darkness at all. Now, I know this is going to mess with the cameras for just a moment. But is there any way to turn off all these lights in this room for just a second? 20 minutes? What do you have that we can make it a little dark? I can preach in the dark. But I want to show you something. I don't know if you can see it then in this light. But this is... Can you see that? Do you see that? That is Adam. That's what it means. Odom means red and rosy blood shining through your face. Y'all can see that, right? I wish you, in the dark, you ought to see it in the total dark. See, I can see her finger back there. Look at that. Look how that looks. See? Look, you can see the tip of mine. That's what Odom looked like in the garden. Except... He only had one layer of skin. Now, can you imagine the light of God? Now, why does my why does my finger light up like that? Because there's light traces in my blood. It's a proof that God visited you. Hallelujah. And so, that's why it looks like that. 
Now, I've got three layers of skin. What if I only had one? How bright would that have looked? How bright would it have looked if you only had one layer of skin and no corruption at all had ever touched you? You would look like lightning walking around. That's what Adam and his wife looked like. That's why God called them both Adam. Now, in knowing that, and you know that, you say, well, okay, okay, okay. I've got to tell you so that you, you'll, you'll catch this. In Genesis 3, verse 21, says, unto Adam, all Adam, okay, unto Adam also and to his wife, watch this, did the Lord God make... Coats of skins and clothed them. This was after the fall. Why did he make coats of skin? Well, you say, well, God killed these animals. Did he? Really? Really? No. Adam would have killed the animals. Yes, he would. Adam would have been the one offered the sacrifice, not God himself. He's offering it for him. So, coats of skins there, yes, it means leather shirts. But that's a secondary translation. The first line translation means layered hide. Because when that glory robed that man and woman, nothing could penetrate it. There was no death in the earth, so there was no need to have any but one layer of skin. And you had the glory of God because everything God's ever created, every living being, robes himself from the inside out. Every squirrel grows his own clothes. Every horse has his own clothes. Every bird grows their own feathers. Man is the only one that puts things on. But it didn't used to be that way. We used to robe ourselves from the inside out with that glory and that light, that, that presence of God, because there was only there was no corruption in us, and it would have looked like lightning, like this coat I'm wearing. It would have been robed in light, crowned in glory. And when God and Adam walked through the garden, it would have looked like two light shafts walking side by side. And every time they walked by, every animal bowed. Every angel bowed. The grass would have stretched itself out to cushion Adam's step as he moved. He could speak and reach for a fruit on a tree. If it wasn't there, it would be by the time he touched it. And so when Adam saw that he had sinned, that light went out and he said, I'm afraid. He'd never been afraid. I'm afraid because I was naked. And the Lord said, who told you? So it was words that stripped him of the robe. He digested someone else's words. And words stripped him of that raiment. How many of you are with me tonight? Huh? We need to close. Are we good? 
Okay, I'm getting somewhere. Look at your neighbor and say, he's going somewhere. Well, I am. I'm, I'm headed somewhere now. <laughs> We're going to believe God is going to tie in with this conference. It will. Now, so he was robed in glory. And when that went out, he said, I'm afraid. Imagine only having one layer of skin and looking at yourself. You could see every vein. There's nothing covering it now. You know if I get cut that you'll die. And since decay now is in the earth, that's going to rot away after a year. So he covers himself with fig leaves. To try to protect himself. He said, because I was afraid. What are you afraid of? Death. He said, death. And the ultimate, where fear comes from, is the fear of death. All fear comes from that. All fear comes from the fear of death. And the enemy's got God's people trained to say things like this. I'm afraid not. Tickle me to death, dying to go. Somebody say, you going over there tonight? I'm afraid not. What are you afraid of? If they could answer in the core of it, they would say, I'm afraid of dying. And today I don't feel like taking a chance. And so he said, I hid myself in these fig leaves. Because I was afraid. The Lord said, who told you? Who told you these things? When it says the Lord God came in the garden in the cool of the day when He said, Adam, where are you? It wasn't that He couldn't find Him. He was saying. In the Hebrew it says, confess to me. He said it was the woman. He wouldn't confess. What would have happened had he done it? I, I, I don't know, but I know the mercy of God would have been on the scene. And I know this, Jesus would have still had to have died, but it would have been a completely different ball game at that point. He would have still died, but it would have been a whole different process coming in. What does that mean? I don't know. I just said it. Now, watch this. So, you're, 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 hallelujah. So, you're, here he is. He says, I was afraid. So, he made a covenant, a new covenant with the Lord. What was it? It was a covenant of preservation. And so the Lord said, so Adam, Adam and his wife offered the animals. Why would he offer animals? Now you've got to ask yourself, you've got to ask yourself questions in order to get answers. If you don't, unless you're not honest. If you're not honest, you can't afford to ask yourself a question. Because you'll lie to yourself. 
But if you're honest before God and you're trying to understand something, He wants you to stop and look at His Word and say, why is this this way? What's happening? See, there's only five levels of authority in existence. There's God, man, angels, animals, and the plant life. So when man sinned, man bowed his knee to a lesser being, an angel. Men are not created below angels. Angels are not in the image of God. You're judging that by fallen man. Men are not in the, uh, uh, below an angel. And in the very beginning, before Adam sinned, that's the levels that it stood. Until Adam willingly bowed his knee to a lesser being and traded places with an angel. And he upset the whole divine order of everything. When he did, that angel shoved him down the line as far as he could send him. He would have put him in the dirt realm, but turnips can't bleed. You've heard that. Well, that's the truth. They're not in the blood realm. So he pushed him to the lowest level on the rung, which was the level of an animal. Because animals have blood. So from that point on, an animal could die for the man. So when he did that, that's why Adam offered the sacrifices. He understood where he stood now. His blood wasn't good enough anymore. So the innocent animal, who used to be his friends. What did Jesus say? They asked him, where did you get those scars? He said, in the house of my friends. Because he's the lamb. You know, don't you know, Adam knew all those animals. He could talk to them. They could talk to him. Then he had to turn around and look at two of them. And kill them. While the rest of them watched. And so they all became afraid of Adam. So when the children of Israel were asked to raise a lamb in their house... To offer the sacrifice. They would treat that lamb like a child in their home. Until they became friends. And then they had to kill it. And everyone knew what Adam had done. So he offered those animals. And he said, I give this instead of my blood to you. I make a covenant to let us live. Help me live. And the Lord God layered his hide so that when one layer fell off, another one was already there to take its place. And it's been that way ever since. Does this make sense to everybody? I know it's heavy. Oh, it's heavy. It's heavy, Brother Robert. Teach your children what you're hearing tonight. Teach your grandchildren what I'm saying to you. Because it's not just my words. And this is called prophetic teaching. So, now you know, understand Adam. You understand five levels of authority. Look at the understanding. Already, you've stepped up to something else. It's knowledge 
Suddenly you know something from God's Word you didn't know when you came in the door. And maybe some of you already knew this, but some of you didn't. And when you do this, oh, look at that. That's revelation knowledge. You know what that really means? That God got close enough to your face to do this. So, you... I don't know how to do that, Lord. You have to show me. So you, you have, but I will. That's, that's what you want. So you have to, you have to begin to see. See, things were simple until they became complicated. You see how simple it was? Now it's very complicated. Let's move back before he fell. He wanted a help meet. How's he going to get that? Well, everything about him. See, Jesus gave us a clue when he said on the Mount of Temptation, he said, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know what that means? That you're only one word behind God. If you live by every word that comes out of His mouth, then you're only one word behind Him all the time. And it also means you can hear every word He says. And you're big enough to contain those words. Come on, folks. Now, you, you, this is not... See, this is simple, but it's been made complicated. By complications. Complications are nothing but little tiny pieces of death injected into your life. That's all they are. It becomes complex. Now, and complications are made to mutate within your life to where you have no answer for How many heard that? See, complications are made to mutate. They come like little disease, virus, germs, and they mutate in your life. One leads to another, to another, to another, until you, you don't know how to fight them anymore. Now, so Adam says this. The Bible said he, he made the, you know, he named the animals and, and so forth and and, and so on, and he, everyone had a mate, every animal. But they wouldn't found one for Adam. Now, what does that tell us? Adam was looking for one. Now, the Hebrews teach this, the ancient Jewish teachers teach this, that God formed the bodies of the animals, and Adam called forth the life in them. Christian churches would have a real problem with that. But not the rabbis. They teach that to this day. That the Lord formed the bodies out of the dust and He used Adam to call the life forth in them. Why do you think on the Mount of Temptation that, that the enemy looked at Jesus and said, If you're the Son of God, 
She just command those stones to be made bread. Well, if it wasn't possible, it wouldn't have been a temptation. You know what Satan was saying, don't you? I've only ever knew one other son of God. Let me see you do something he could do. Command the stones to be made bread. So he saw Adam do that one time. He saw him. You have you would have some wild dreams if you could see how Adam could operate before he fell. So the Hebrews say the Lord formed the bodies and Adam called forth life in them. So he went through those bodies calling forth the life in them, giving them their authority. Naming them. Name means authority. He's giving them their authority. And so, he's in the image and likeness of God. He's speaking every word that comes out of God's mouth so he can do these things. So he's, call, he's looking for them, but in the middle of looking, he's looking for someone like him. And he can't find them. So he starts giving them their authority. Now watch what it says in Genesis 2. Now you've got to see this. Watch what it says in Genesis 2. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, or Adam, there was not found an help meet for him. You see that? <laughs> Back up to verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. Whoa, wait a minute. Alone. This word alone is the word, it's two words put together. It's the word all one. It's not good that the man should be all one. I'll make an help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. So in other words, Adam is looking for a helpmeet. He's looking for something. He's looking for someone. And the Lord said, go name the animals. Where is my help me? Verse 18. Go name the animals. Now you ask yourself, how in the world is that going to find my help me? Go name the animals. Go give the animals their authority. So while he gives them their authority, remember Adam lives by every word that comes out of the mouth of God or every revelation. Oh, look at that. That hits him. He said, go name all the animals and you'll get the revelation and find your wife. So Adam starts naming the animals and he notices when they start having children that out of the big hippos come little hippos. He's looking at these animals having babies. And then he does this. She's in me. She's in me. 
she's in me. Can you give me scripture on that? Mm-hmm. Sure can. Over here in Genesis chapter 1, let us make man, verse 26, let us, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. He created both spirits the same time. He made one body and put both male and female spirits in that one. Then he said, you need a revelation to get that out of you. So he starts naming the animals. Where is she, Lord? Where is this mate? Where is this mate? Go name the animals. See, you don't have any clue what God tells you to do when you're on the search for something. If you'll just do it, it's going to lead you to your answer. See, some people may need to pay their light bill. Lord, I need money. I need you to send me some money. Lord, I need some money. I need money. I need some money. Really? Yes, I need money, Lord. I need money. And the Lord says, go pass out tracks down there on that corner. But Lord, I need money to pay my light bill. Go pass out tracks down there. If you go down there and you start witnessing passing out tracts, you don't know if one person you hand that tract to, God has sent to you to look at you and suddenly say, here's $2,000. I, I just was led to give that to you. So if you do what He tells you to do, you'll find the answer you're searching for. And he can get that to you. He can get that to me. But you're living by one Every word that comes out of his mouth. So you have to respond to the inspired word. And people that don't go to church don't hear that. No, they don't. They don't usually hear that. You can be sitting in church and the pastor be preaching and all of a sudden you'll go, Look at that. And somebody beside you said, What? What? What did you see? They didn't see it. But you saw it. Now, if you act on it, there's the power to bring that to pass in your life. What happens with most Christians is they won't act on it. They forget it before they walk out. But the devil didn't forget it, so now he fights you on that level. Because you have, the, the, you have come up to that level. That's why you saw it. So he can't take any chances, so he fights you on a level you're not fighting him on. And you wonder what happened. Does anybody get that? You got it? Spiritual warfare. Now, watch this. So, he finds his, he goes and finds his wife. He goes into a deep sleep. The Lord opens his side, removes, the Hebrew says he reached into his womb. And removed his female counterpart. And then when he woke up, the Lord said, Ta-da! And Adam said, oh, Whoa! <laughs> whoa, man! That's not why I called him. That's a preacher joke. 
What it was is he, he looked at it and he called her woman, which means man with a womb. That's what it means, man with a womb. So, the Lord called them both in Genesis 5. What is it, 5-2, I think it is. He called them both Adam. Adam named her Eve, not God. Hallelujah. Now, so things were simple in the beginning. It was a simple thing for God and Adam to walk together in the cool of the day. It was simple to name them both Adam. It was simple. Things were simple. And they only got complicated when complications came. Hallelujah. Things were made hard and complicated. How does complications come? And I, I, I maybe I ought to just stop here tonight and pick that up. I'm not, ain't not teaching tomorrow. No. Yes, but. Okay. Okay. From. Okay, so. So complications. Let me, let me just read you a couple of these things. So complications, like I said, there are tiny doses of death injected into simplicity. When simple starts becoming complicated, death is on the scene. You know, it's like I was telling somebody today, when somebody looks at you and says, what's the quickest way to go over there? You say, the way you know. Isn't that right? The quickest way is the way you know. It may be 30 miles out of the way, but if you don't know another way, you're about to spend all day hunting that place. So the, so the quickest way is the way you know. And that's the simplest way for you. When factors start getting injected into simplicity, that complicates it. Death is around you somewhere. That's why you do this. And you finally find yourself looking at somebody and do this. Could, couldn't you just... Couldn't we just... That don't look familiar to anybody, does it? Could, couldn't... Now, death is somewhere around you. And it's got its needle out injecting complications. Now, simplicity also means pure, innocent and pure before God. Pure means free from dust, dirt, or taint, free from harshness or roughness. And in, in music, it is used of a musical tone, free from harshness and roughness. Of a vowel, it is, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's characterized by no alteration uh, during your articulate utterance. Your speech is pure. Free from uh, weakness or pollutes 
Now, these things, free from moral fault or guilt. Yeah. Things were simple. And the enemy began to bring in complications in order complicated things. Now, complication means a difficult factor or issue, often appearing unexpectedly and changing existing plans, methods, and attitudes or attitudes. So when you start to understand this, the enemy began to talk to who first? Really? Wow. That's amazing when the scripture says that the woman was not de- uh, the woman was deceived, but the man wasn't. And it's amazing to me how if we look at this in Genesis three. Now we get to Genesis 3, look at verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the, to the uh, woman, the man with the womb, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, there's a serpent inserted into this whole scheme of things. Satan has put a serpent there. And he's also put insinuation. And he insinuated to the woman there's something that that tree will only allow you to see. It's amazing. Oh, there's so much to teach right here. If we talk God, Lord God, you... But he, he's talking about, and then suddenly there's insinuation. There's a serpent. There's insinuation. There's something in, uh, that they've insinuated that God has held something back from her. And he said, you'll be as gods, knowing good and evil. But wait a minute. They were already in the image of God. So now they're being told, how, and then watch this. Then he said, you'll, she said, you'll surely die. And he said, if you touch it, you'll die. Well, now that's a straight out. Now, she's, now things have got complicated. And now she's saying things that's exaggerations. All because it got complicated. Simple before that. I could just, I'll just sit down here and let y'all talk about the ball game. I'm just picking at you. So here, it's got real complicated now. Now she's saying you can't even touch it. That's not what, the, that's not even what was said. And then watch what it said. It said the serpent said, you won't surely die. The serpent wasn't the devil. No. The serpent wasn't the devil. The serpent was used and went in covenant with the devil. 
if it was just a serpent picked up by the devil and said, you serpent, I'm going to use you. Bite that woman. Bite her. Say something to that woman. Then the serpent just says, there's a devil got a hold of me. I mean, then it wouldn't have been, the Lord God would have never looked at an innocent serpent. And said, you will crawl the dust of the earth now. But the scripture was plain to say that the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said it was more cunning. It planned, had schemes. This serpent knew what it was doing. It lived in the field outside the garden. It could come in the garden because it was a creature of the dust of the earth. So it could come in the garden. But it had been out there on the outskirts of the garden communing with someone. And the devil spoke with the serpent. I don't know that they could speak. Really? Well, it wasn't that the animals could speak the human's language. It was that the humans could speak theirs. Everything above something speak can speak what's below it before the fall. That's why the woman was talking to the serpent. And when the serpent said, Hath God said, she didn't go, Eek! There's a snake talking to me. Do you notice she just answered it? Well, you wouldn't have heard the snake talking her language. He's not smart enough for that. He's not on that level. Angels, the original language God and Adam spoke in, you know as other tongues. It's called the tongues of mystery in the New Testament. The language of God. And him and Adam talked in this other tongue. Angels couldn't understand that. It's just like if me and you know Tommy were standing up here and we could both speak Spanish, but we could speak English too. And we're standing there talking to each other in Spanish and somebody walks up and they don't understand Spanish, but they understand English. And we just stop and they just have to stand there and do this <laughs> while we spoke. But then all of a sudden... We can communicate because he don't have to speak my language as long as I can speak his. So angels would walk up to God and man walking around together and just do this until they were finished speaking. And then man could turn and speak in the tongues of angels. But the angel could speak in the tongue of an animal. And the angel and Balaam's donkey. Everything above something in these kingdoms could speak the language of what was below it, but what was below it could not speak the language of what was above it. So that serpent and the devil could communicate. He promised the serpent something. He wanted something. 
As far as I'm going to go now, this is what I'm about to say tonight. Because it's just, i got to tell you something else before we close. And then if I did anything else, it'd just go. We'd go off on one of them journeys, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> right in the future. I get you. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. So, so. Yeah, I know, I know. You got me. Yeah. Now, now, I'm just playing with you. Now, here, here is, just having fun with it. Now, in this, did you say that's the kicker? That's pretty cool. That's the kicker. That's what we say where I come from. Now, here's the kicker. What does that mean? Well, don't be kicking me now. You know, I don't know. But, but anyway, but we say it. You know, in the South, we say we're fixing to go. Uh, what does that mean? We're fixing to go. Uh, are you coming over there? Yeah, we're fixing to get ready. What? We're fixing to get ready. <laughs> but we all understand it. <laughs> That's true. So, anyway, where was I at? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I've got I to tell you this. So, he, he, he communes with this serpent. Now, what, was the, what did the devil want? He wanted Adam's position. What did the serpent want? He wanted that garden. He wanted control of that thing. But there's something about an animal that people don't understand. Because they're people. An animal can't... There's an old story that went like this. There was a man standing there. And there were, he had his mule standing in front of him. And the mule was standing with his eyes just blared out, not moving a muscle. After he spoke in his, the mule's ear, whispered in his ear, and he's just, the mule just standing with his eyes all blared out, not moving. And the guy walked up and said, What'd you tell him? What's wrong with that mule? He said, I told him one day he's going to die. He don't understand death. An animal don't understand death. That's why they'll march freely right into any slaughterhouse. They don't know about dying. It never dawns on them. Only a man can contemplate death. And by the time they're ten years old, they know it's coming one day. It's supposed to come 120 years. Well, they know it's coming. Listen, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but everybody knows. You ought to know that one day, I mean, you're going to get old in your hundreds and you're going to leave. Now, everybody ought to say this. Until I'm 120, I'm not going to die. Now, you ought to start saying that. Get these kids saying that and they'll live to be old. I mean old. But, but a, human can, a human can contemplate these things, right? Not an animal. So when that serpent told that woman, you'll not die, you'll not surely die. That serpent knows nothing about dying. So it spoke it as truthfully as it understood it. 
But he had agreed on this. To do the devil's bidding. So he had a harvest coming for what he had done. Now I got to tell you this in close tonight. Anyway, I got way more notes. You ready? Now Paul talks about this. Paul says if you look at the the natural, you'll understand the spiritual. He said if you look at the spiritual, you'll understand the natural. Then Paul starts talking about the first Adam and the last Adam. Remember that in the Scripture? He's ta- this is what he's talking about. And he's, he's trying to get you and my eye to look at the first Adam so we understand the last Adam. Look at the last Adam and you'll learn about the first Adam. He said the first Adam is earthy, came from the dust. But the last Adam is the Lord from heaven, which is Jesus. So he says you've got to... Paul's trying to get you and I to look at something. So if you look at the first Adam, you find out something. You find out what? Well, look at the last Adam, and the last Adam had a Judas. Right? First Adam did too. The serpent. Now you want to know what about the Judas. Now you look at the serpent. The serpent was a beast of the field. What about Judas? Judas, Jesus had 12 disciples. He had 10 authentic Jews were his disciples. One was a man named Simon Zelotes from Africa. The son of Cushi. He was black. The twelfth disciple was a man named Judas Iscariot. Not Iscariot. It's Iscariot. Ish, Ish, Ishmael. Ishmael. And what it means is, is he, didn't, he wasn't a Jew. He came from the Moabite side of the Jordan or from the field. And so now you're looking at the two Adams, the two Judases. Now watch this. So the, the, the last Judas, he comes in and he sells Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Right? How could this be tied? Well, the first Judas, the serpent, was tied to the fall of Adam's bride. The last Judas comes in, sells Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. But that word 30 pieces of silver actually would come down in translation and it says fabulous serpent. So now it's tied together. He's from the field. He's from the field. So when Judas comes in, this is why when he died, they buried him in a field for strangers. Because he wasn't a Jew. The name of the field was the Seldoma, the field of blood. What blood? Well, Judas' blood? Well, no. That's really not what it's talking about. What it's talking about is it's still tied to that bride. The bride is this. Now watch this. 
when the 30 pieces of silver was the price of a female slave. Jesus was sold for the price of a harlot. And it's called the price of blood because of the covenant. That will be real easy at what I'm going to say here because it's young years. But when people, and I, I, you know, the Lord told me to tell this, and you know, you, when you, when a covenant is made, everything to God is covenant. It's covenant. When a man and woman is married, it's designed at their marriage, at their consummation, blood should flow because they're making a covenant with each other. Now, in the old days, and I saw one of these beds, and Robin saw it too. Weren't you with me when we saw that, that antique store? Did I see it and come and tell you? And it was a, this bed was 650 years old. And I knew what it was when I looked at it from study. And the antique dealer didn't know what it was. But it was a covenant bed. And what it was, was on that. Now, this is going to sound horrible, but you'll shout in a minute if you just stand with me. Man. Oh, my goodness. You, you just, on the night of the marriage night, in the ancient Jewish customs, the families would surround that bed. And there would be a veil that went around it. So that it was called a hoopah. We say hoopla. <laughs> what about all this hoopla? And so, so it was designed that night, and the families would sit around the bed for the initial part of the night. Because there had to be blood flow. And they would have a, a piece of cloth to stain it. And it would stain if there was no blood, then it means the woman wasn't pure. They would drag her out of that bed and burn her to the ground with a torch in the middle of the city and the gate of the city. So the family would gather around that bed. And if blood flowed, the father would, would say this. Was she pure? Was she pure? And the son would say, yes, and out from that veil, he would hand him that cloth. Say, see the blood? The girl's family would fold this up and put it away. Now, forever, no one can say she wasn't because the blood testifies for her. But if the woman was a harlot, they would call her a harlot. If she had made mistakes or whatever... But the man loved her anyway. Then the father had a code with his son. Inside that bed, he would say, Was she pure? And the son would say, Turn your back, father. And the father knew. Because the son then would tell his bride, be very quiet. And he would take his hand and cut his hand. And he'd 
cut his feet. And he squeezed his blood on that cloth while he told her to be very quiet. And then he'd say, Was she pure? Yes, Father. See the blood? Now, he could never divorce her. He could never claim anything bad about her because he sealed it with his own blood. On, on the cross that day, you've always heard this, that the Father turned his back. The Bible doesn't say that, but that is referring to that custom. And if that's what happened, then it was that custom being played out. Why wasn't Jesus sold for 50, 60 pieces of silver? Why didn't they get a thousand pieces of silver for it? Did you understand that Jesus would draw 20,000 people a day to his house to listen to him preach? You do know he had five houses. He had a fleet of ships. He was the most prosperous ministry of the whole day. He wore three different garments, and only the rich wore those garments. And when he went to the cross, he became poor on the cross so that you and I could be made rich. And what happened was, is on that cross, Judas had sold him for us. The harlot is all of us. The harlot is every man, woman, boy, girl, because we had all sold our covenant. We were all born into sin. We were all had lost it. We are all harlots. And Jesus had to be sold for the price of a female slave or a harlot. So he got 30 pieces of silver. Judas threw it down in the temple. He's not a Jew. He don't really know that it had a special temple mark on it. And so he can't use it. He don't know what to do with it. And none of them know what to do with it. But so Judas has realized what he's done. And when he kissed Jesus on the cheek, remember, he's kissed him and Jesus said, friend, this is the old Jewish covenant of the covenant of strong friendship. If you broke that covenant, you forfeited your life. And he tasted that blood that Jesus had been sweating. And so Jesus was sold for a harlot. The harlot died. He died on the cross. And right at the time everything got dark, it was almost like, turn your back, Father. Turn your back. And He said, they pierced my hands and my feet. And when it was all over, it was like the Father said, was she pure? Was she pure? Oh, yes. See the blood? See the blood? Now, this doesn't just pertain to women. This pertains to everyone. Everyone. Every single person. All of us. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us were born into sin. And we have to have Jesus to deliver us from that. Now do you understand maybe, maybe this was what was happening at the tomb. When Mary came to the tomb and she said, thought he was the gardener. And she said, if you tell me where you've taken him, I'll take his body and take it somewhere. You think about that. This one woman was going to lift that whole body that was wound in a hundred pounds of spikenard and ointment. How could she do it? She was going to do whatever it took to protect the body of her, the most precious thing that she'd ever seen and ever known. And then Jesus stood up and called her by name. She reached to grab him and he said, touch me not. 
Watch. I haven't yet ascended to my Father. Talking about your Father. My God, your God. He said, tell his brothers this. Why couldn't you touch him? I've got to show him the blood. That she's pure. So from that day forward, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you are no longer defined from that old world. You are now defined and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. And in the Father's eyes, you are worthy of all of that. Because He's looking at His own blood, and He can't deny His own blood. Now you think about all of that. And when you think about it and meditate on it, then you start to understand the role of the bride. Don't you think this fits a women's conference? Because God thought enough of us and thought enough of women that He compared us, men, boys, girls, everything, to the bride. And what the first Adam did betrayed his. The last Adam never betrayed his. Even to the end. And so that's, that's the first installment on this teaching. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now... If you would stand on your feet a few moments before I give the mic back to the pastor. If you just stand there for just a moment. And first thing to do is begin to praise and thank God. Just come on and thank Him. Thank Him for His goodness. Thank Him for His mercy. Thank Him. We thank Him that spotless blood has been applied to our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank You, Lord. Thank You for what You've done for us. Thank You for dying for us. Thank You for rising from the dead for us. Thank You, Lord, that we don't have to go by what we feel, hear, or see. But we know what You have accomplished. And we are in You. And so, Lord God, we're not looking at ourselves. We're looking at what we look like in You. And I give You praise and honor for it. In Jesus' name. Now, I speak over tonight. The Lord has had me do a couple things, and I'm going to do them now. The first thing is this. If you're in this room, and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, and you don't know Him as your only Lord and personal Savior, and you're in this room, and you don't want to leave here like that, after hearing all of that, you're responsible for what you heard forever. It would be great to hear it tonight and say, this makes me want to run to the Lord. Than to one day be in hell forever and hear this over and over and over. And say, I had the chance. If you're in here and you've never made Him the Lord, you don't know if you're born again or not. You maybe used to think you were, now you're not so sure. 
When I count to three, could I see your hand, please? One, two, three. Anybody? I see that hand. Anybody? Lift your hand. If that's re- real quick, let me see your hand. Hallelujah. Anyone? Anybody in this room, your back slid? You know your back slid. You want to be on the front again. You want to be on fire for God again. Could I see your hand, please? I see those hands. I see those hands. I see them. All right, you can take them back down. Now I want you to pray this prayer. And I'm going to lead you in this prayer. And then I want you to pray it after me, whether you need to or not, in support of those who have, have raised their hands. So that they know they have a family that will stand with you. You ready? So say this out loud. Lord Jesus, I come to you just like I am. I don't call it mistakes in my life. I call it what it is. Sin. Forgive me of all sin. Cleanse me with your blood. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose from the dead for me. And I confess with my mouth that you, Jesus, are now my Lord forever. Hallelujah. Come on and give the Lord a shout. Now, what did you just do? You made covenant with Him with your words. And the blood He shed has been applied. You don't have to shed yours. He did His. And your words, you made a solemn covenant. And you entered into this covenant in His blood. And so, isn't it amazing that that's what it took? It cost Him that much so you and I could do that. And now, you're on a brand new journey. Now, I'm going to go ahead and ask you this. And people say, oh, brother, would you do this? I'd do more. (laughs) You're in this room. You're born again. And we talk about those who need to be on fire. Now, you prayed that prayer. You know you're right with God now. Don't go around saying, yeah, but I don't feel. I don't feel. I don't feel. I don't feel. Really, if you were saved by your feelings, you'd be lost most of your life. That's a fact. So what do you do? Okay, here's what you do. I know, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, but these, these ugly thoughts come through my mind. Man, they just come, I'll just be sitting around praising God. Where did that come from? The Bible calls Him the God of this world. And if it's wicked anywhere in this world happening, a bird of the air can carry that voice. And fly it right over your head and drop it. And he has every right to do it because he's the God of this world. But it's like Brother Hagin always said. You can't stop a bird from flying over your head. But you don't have to let him build a nest in your head. And most of those thoughts you're thinking, where did that come from? That's just the point. That wasn't your thought. That came from somewhere else. You understand that? So you just have most of them if you'll ignore He don't know what you did with it until you go. It's the truth. But you're in here now. You're right with God. Think about that. Oh, man, I'm right with God. I'm right with God. 
Okay, now you're right with God. Now you need to you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Well, you mean I need to be is, is, getting baptized in the Holy Ghost? Is that what it takes to get me to heaven? No, no. But it sure makes the trip easier. Now, how do you get baptized in the Holy Ghost? Now, listen. Don't make this hard. It's not complicated. I remember when I first got saved, I wanted to be baptized in the Holy Ghost so much. Oh, man. And I'd hear all these people speaking these tongues. And I'm not doing it. I don't know what to do. So I had people lay hands on me. They rubbed the hair on my head. I mean, I mean, listen, they were sincere. And every time they'd pray, power would come. I don't, I don't know, you know. So one day, I just... I went in the back bedroom of my own house, and Robin was out in the front room. I just went back there and closed the door, and I was by myself. And I said, God, now I'm asking you to baptize. I know it's real, and I'm asking you to baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Now I'm asking you to baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost come up on me. Now I'm going to explain that to you now. Come up on you, because He lives in you. So He's going to come up. Everybody say, up, up. on me. me. Now you're going to be endued for, with power from on high. So I said, I believe that. So I'm asking you to baptize me in the Holy Ghost. And Lord, I said, I expect to speak in other tongues. Thank you for baptizing me in the Holy Ghost. And I said, now Lord, I'm going to speak in tongues. That's just what I said. I wasn't no feel it. I said, I'm going to speak in tongues. And I said this. And if I make a fool out of myself, I did. I'm being real honest with you. Just I said, only me and you are in this room. You're the only one going to know. And I said, so now, here goes. I just started speaking in tongues. And when I got through speaking in tongues, I said, well, that's what I did. I got up off my knees. I said, well, that was something. And I walked out of the room. I mean, no feeling yet. But then, later, I'd start to pray. And you, I'd run out of things to say. You know what I'm talking about. You'll pray, and you'll say, and the next thing you know, you'll get on yourself. And after a while, you'll just repent for half an hour. And you don't even know what for. You know when you're not in faith, when you catch yourself doing this. God, please, please, God, please, please, please. But you, they ain't no faith in that. And so, just like most people pray over their food, they'll repent three times before they get to amen. You want to stop and ask them, have you sinned? Well, not that I know of. Well, then what are you pre- repenting for? Well, I don't know, covering all bases, man. <laughs> you know. So what you do, as I, is when you pray, I ran out of things to say in English. Then all of a sudden I shifted over into those other tongues. I found out, man, that's just really unlimited. You just go and go and go and go. And you say, well, I don't know what I'm praying. I ain't that good. Ain't that good? Now you put yourself in a position to need God. 
That's what you did when you got saved. You put yourself in a position to need God. Now that you're saved, put yourself in a position to trust Him for every word. Why is it other tongues? Because it's the most powerful member of your body. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So now you're trusting Him for every syllable. And the Holy Ghost will use that. So, if you want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, you've never been, let me see your hand. His hand's going up. The rest of you want to raise them, you just won't. Come on, don't be afraid of that. Look at all them hands going up. That don't mean you're not saved. That means you're just about to get a dose of the ghost. Are you ready? Everybody's going to pray it with you so you're not alone. How many of you already speak in tongues? See, you ain't going to be alone. And now watch. I'm going to pray with you and lead you in a prayer. Then I'm going to do like the Apostle Paul did. He'd say, receive you the Holy Ghost. That's all I'm going to say. When I do, He's going to come up on you. When He does, you're going to hear these sounds. Is it just me? No, you wouldn't do that. You'd never do that. You'd never even think such sounds. But you've got to speak. Are you ready? If you're serious, everybody, let's just lift our hands. And those who needed it, you pray this out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm born again. I want to thank you for saving me. Now, I'm asking you to baptize me in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit tells me what to say. I want to thank you now, Jesus, for baptizing me in the mighty Holy Ghost. Now start praising Him. Just thank Him. Thank Him for that. You believe it. Thank Him. Now, all of a sudden, as you're praising, thank you, Jesus, you start hearing these other sounds. Now just turn it loose. Let it go. Start speaking in tongues. Go ahead. Come on. Start saying whatever He gives you. Start saying it. Saying it. Is that me? No, you wouldn't do that. Come on. Come on, let it go. Turn it loose. Cut that loose on the inside of you. What are you doing? You and God are talking together in the original tongue. Come on, don't stop. Come on, crank it up. Those around you, those you're standing around that just got baptized, they need to hear your prayer language too. Come on. Come on. Yeah, that's it. Come on. Come on. Some of you doing it right now. You know you're doing it right now. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. Now, now, you did it, didn't you? Yes, you did. You did. I saw you do it. You did it. Now, every day, you can pray in that language. When you get by yourself, nobody else has to hear you. Start praying English and then shift over into that language when you run out of something to say. And the Holy Ghost will take hold together with you against whatever your infirmities because you don't know what to pray for as you are. 
So he'll take over with you and start praying. And praying in tongues, you pray the perfect will of God every time. Now I want to speak a prophetic word over you that the Lord has told me to. So if you'll just lift your hands up and I want to speak this word over you. Now, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you you love this crowd. You love these people because they love you and they're your family. They're your people. They're my family. But they're your people. And so, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, yes, I will. Hear the word of the Lord. For the word of the Lord says these things. For now guilt is a thing of your past. For the Lord says you are now free from all guilt of past sin and past bondage. Do not judge yourself unworthy any longer. Judge yourself in the eyes of heaven and in the eyes of of God and in the place of the blood. Begin to judge yourself that way. That you are who He says you are. You can do what He says you can do. For the Lord says, I am going to whisper new things in your ears. And I am going to show you things in great and mighty that you know not. So begin to walk in this thing. Pray in a heavenly tongue. And start to say every day, I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And all things are of God. And begin to say, says the Lord, I'm a new creature. I'm brand new. For I am going to bring you to the place of new. And I'm going to show you what it's like to walk in new. For some of you say, what new? For the Lord says, I am going to give you new. I'm going to give some of you new relationships. New things. I'm going to bring new jobs into your life. And I'm going to bring new worth into your life. For new has come. The old has gone. For now the new will come. And I'm going to bring you into a place of new. A new song. New things. And some of you new cars. I am going to do this for you. Because you have given me your time and your ear, says the Lord. And now as you confess the new, I will show you the new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good is the word of the Lord. Come on, say it. Good is the Word of the Lord. I esteem the Word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on and give Jesus a shout. Come on, give Him a shout. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we say freedom happened tonight? Amen. Freedom happened tonight. It's not a process. It just happens. Amen? It just happens. So I just want to say thank you guys for being here tonight. I mean, there's not much I have to say. It's awesome. I'm, I, all I'm going to say, ladies, you better digest because you got more tomorrow. Right? Don't get stuck. 
Digest what you just heard so you can be ready for tomorrow. So we're going to meet you back here at 10 a.m. The doors will open at 9. And uh, the, the shops and things are still a little bit open tonight right before you go. God bless you. I forgot to tell you, they're offering envelopes in your bags. And I know some of you wanted to donate here when you got here, so we've made a way for that. Uh, just go ahead and do what you got to do. We've got podiums on the way out and one right by the bookstore. In this church, we believe you give an offering whenever God tells you to, so we don't pass the bucket. We just tell you to go to the bucket. Amen? So you do your thing. You talk to God. Let him tell you what to do. And it's a, it's a done deal. Amen? See you back here tomorrow at 10. We will have lunch for you in a bag, or you can bring your own.